0: Real news. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is July. 31st, 2020, and how about that roller coaster? We've been talking about this period of time since April, re- revamped and reassured in May and June. And I told you after the 20th of July, this is going to be a roller coaster. And don't take that by any means, that <laughs> it's going to calm down after Labor Day. That's when it's gloves off. So today, our first hour, I'm joined by Pete Santilli. I was on his show just last week. He is incredible in his analysis considering, you know, he doesn't have that, um, he's not an insider, like he's not, you know, someone that worked with these people that have destroyed our nation, and his analysis is pretty good, pretty good. So, um, for those of you that are live listening through Periscope, Twitch, DLive, and uh, uh, Facebook, uh Like I've said, if you can't, um, you know, maneuver those platforms or if they're, you know, tittle toddling you, I do put my show back on to YouTube as a premiere since I'm in timeout for YouTube. uh, Because I wasn't psychic to know that doctors are not allowed to speak. So, with no um, further delay, I want to introduce my guest, Pete. Pete, welcome to the Tory Says Show.
1: I'm so excited. You want to know the main reason why I'm excited? Tell me. Because we're doing audio, so uh, I took my pants off and I'm wearing shorts.
0: Stop. I'm like halfway getting ready because today, Pete, I'm just telling you, I have uh, (laughs) friends that I haven't seen in person since I, you know, I met them when I was in, when I came stateside and went to med school. And so I haven't seen them since then. And they're just like, hey, we're in town. And I'm like, oh, so I'm, I'm multitasking today like nobody's business. So I'm there with you on that whole pants thing. Uh, so how, how is your day so far? Have you watched what's been going on in the news? Pete? Oh no. There you go. That was my audio. Yeah. Pardon. That was my audio. I don't know what happened there. Go ahead. What did you say?
1: Well, I feel, um, I'm sure like everybody else does. I feel a lot of, a lot of anxiety, uh, mainly because of how, how crazy and desperate the left is. And you can just see them. Uh, Just escalating, you know, with rhetoric, you know, the mainstream media is uh, uh, complicit, especially today. We'll talk about that, uh, what they should have been talking about today. The media is complicit. They're helping push, you know, the leftist narrative. But now we're getting to the point where where these these uh, I call them commie tards are now going with their Black Lives Matter and Antifa people into the suburbs So I'm kind of stressed out about this. I want President Trump to uh, sign an executive order making it legal for us to just start dealing with communists the way we used to. You know, we
0: we already have those laws, don't we, Pete? But before we get into the madness, I want you, just like I do to all my guests, those that have been listening, Tori says, I want you to introduce yourself to my audience. Tell them where they can follow you on social media, where they can listen to your show too, you know, and, um, you know, and just give them a spiel on like who you are, because it's better that each person, each person always tells you who they are. So shoot.
1: Okay, so I am... Alex Jones is the most banned. Obviously, he's been deplatformed, you know, on a a very grand scale. Uh, But I will say this. I got into this, uh, quote-unquote, business of media. Uh, I was a corporate, you know, suit-and-tie guy back in 2011. But I got into this thing just because I knew the the news was lying to us, the mainstream media was. Uh, And I am basically the first to be banned off of YouTube, um, I've been banned. I'm on my fifteenth YouTube channel. You know, we we started on audio streams doing our show back in 2011, 2012. Uh, we had our Facebook pages taken down. I had 250,000 fans that we built, you know, organically. So the reason why I bring this up is because the best way to find our live show, and I broadcast 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern time. We do a uh, live show then. Um. Uh, I have a URL, it's PeteLive.TV. So if we get banned from, you know, YouTube or Facebook or whatever, I just point the URL where we can be found. I've literally built my own internet platforms, social media on Spreely. Uh, we have Evolt, we have a whole bunch of links. But uh, yeah, PeteLive.TV is where you can find our live show. And then all of our links at Um Now, who am I? Oh my goodness. Um,
0: Well, I already know. I already know. See, you 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 need to tell my audience Mm -hmm. who Pete is, how Pete found himself in the middle of this whole Bundy thing in a a summary. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to go in depth because I want us to talk, you know, political shop. But I want them, uh, you know, to know the sticky situation you were in.
1: I'll give it to you in a nutshell. First and foremost, I'm a United States Marine. I swore an oath to defend and support the Constitution of the United States. I spent four years in the Marine Corps. And when the Obama administration uh, just really just overreach on many different regards, um, uh, I, uh, I actually came across a story uh, in April of 2014. This rancher, um, his name was Clive and Bundy, and I had never left the studio before, but I interviewed him on April 8th of uh, 2014. And he told us about, and you know, I saw some pictures, he said they had, you know, federal agents pointing guns at his family. And I'm like, what the heck is that all about? And he said, yeah, it's about you know cattle. They want to get me off the land. I'm the last rancher standing. And then I, I as I did more research, I discovered that it wasn't just about picking on Clive and Bundy. They wanted the resources on that 600,000 uh, acres of land that he had been grazing on his family dating all the way back to the 1850s. He had water rights and grazing rights. So I went out there on April 9th and I recorded – Um, like 50 uh, Bureau of Land Management agents with AR-15s pointing guns, tasing people. I literally stood there and recorded them brutalizing uh, the Bundy family members who were just standing there with signs saying, go away. And it went up on Fox News. It it was the first video to reach a million views in the history of YouTube because people were so outraged by it. Well, what happened was that uh, basically – they said, okay, uh, we're going to get Clive and Bundy off, you know, off the land. And they brought a bunch of agents. They, they, they built a military compound just about. And they were pointing guns at these uh, unarmed protesters. And a whole bunch of people came ac- across the country and said, all right, we're going to have a barbecue. We'll bring our guns legally. And there was what they called a standoff on April twelfth, uh, April two 2014. And fortunately everybody lived, but there were, you know, guns pointed at each other from, from both sides. Um, so that's the, the Bundy ranch story. Uh, at that point in time, I pretty much went from just a, you know, a podcaster that was on rents network and just doing my thing in independent media to, you know, we had 9 million people a day coming to our websites and our social media uh, pages. So we're in the, in the millions of viewers and, and that really, the reason why I bring that up is not for bragging rights, um, because it basically pissed Wait, off the government. Stop. So,
0: stop. You have to have bragging rights. You went behind bars for this. So you deserve all the bragging rights in the world.
1: <laughs> you know, well, I bring that up. Uh, the, the numbers of viewers, the reason why I bring that up is because that's why I ended up going behind bars. Because all I did was do exactly what we in independent media do. I recorded their brutality and it went viral and I reached so many people, and I wouldn't back down. And I told the, uh, the uh, Barack Obama's administration, "You're going to back up because we're not afraid of you. You can point guns at us, we're not afraid." Yes, we're not going. We're, we're going to ask you to do the right thing. So that pissed off the government so bad that I was saying that to millions of people uh, that they basically locked me up for. You know, there was a second incident in, in Oregon. Like they couldn't get an indictment against me, and uh, in the beginning, because I didn't do anything wrong, I didn't do anything illegal. Uh, but they made stuff up in in uh, January of 2016. And the FBI, the, the, all the names that you know about today, they fabricated a 302 report. They got me uh, on an indictment on false information. And I spent 619 days uh, as a political prisoner um, by the Obama administration. Fortunately, we won uh, in two federal trials. Not too many people can say that, but I was still held for 619 days. Uh, But whatever you do, just don't piss off the government. You'll be fine.
0: Oh, great. Thanks for the advice now, huh? No, I know. I know. And it's also true. Uh, Pete, they're they're insane. And I don't think people realize, independent journalists and people that kind of – put column to the carpet how dangerous it is and you know for me I've been skirting the the you know the sidelines for a while you know working with Andy Breitbart uh, having him pretty much put out my information slowly mm-hmm. drip drip because you know you can't just throw a brick of truth in people's face mm-hmm. and then slowly in 2015 and 2016 but you know I felt it I felt the squeeze you know they yeah. came at me no matter how they could They they, they lied lie 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 and the thing is the judges are all complicit too it's all politics
1: oh yeah the system is so corrupt and if i could just add one thing i in no way shape or form am i saying that i've ever been anti-government i used to work for the government uh but the government that was in charge the people who were in charge of our government during the obama administration they were the the most evil malicious vicious unconstitutional people that i think we've ever had in our nation's history
0: um, no, I, I agree. I agree. The government that has been in reign for at least the past four decades, oh, at yeah. least, has been so evil and so self-serving, uh, completely dismissing any needs of the people. I mean, look at this. I have friends that lost family members right during this coronavirus, you know, infodemic. And they couldn't have funerals. They couldn't even see their own people, right? They Mm -hmm. couldn't. And yesterday we had a funeral for Lewis – Right? Who passed away from cancer with COVID? Obviously, he had antibodies, so we got to label it coronavirus, right? And um, none of them were social distancing. And how fitting. They had a rally at a funeral because the Democrat Party is dead. So that is the only place they have rallies. I mean, this is ridiculous. How is no one upset that they had a rally at a funeral? He's probably rolling over in his own grave right now.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's just very, very sad. Um, it, it, it's sad to watch somebody like Barack Obama. At a point in time, he had a lot of respect, obviously he became president. He was able to secure an election. But to see somebody, you know, after uh, being president to, to, to just, I guess, be relegated to just some desperate, flailing dumpster diver. I mean, that's really the way I looked at him. He's, he just sounds so desperate, uh, knowing full well that he could. Uh, if they really wanted to they could they could bring an indictment against him for conspiracy to overthrow the United States of America there's enough evidence to do that but he was flailing and used a funeral as an opportunity to rib At the uh, at at President Trump's administration. So
0: at a funeral for a conservative that wouldn't give him the time of day and was there simply because of the color of his skin. It was disgusting. And not only that, his speech and one listener uh, actually put that as a comment in Twitch was, uh, you know, it was almost as if he was uh, raising a battle call to those corrupt retired generals and those that are within our ranks. That, oh, yeah. that that believe that Obama is some kind of messiah, you know, and that was terrifying just to watch that. I mean, what did you did you get that sense or was it just me and that listener?
1: You know, I I didn't pay too close attention to the to to the entire speech. What 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 I did gather from him, uh, his his dog whistling that he's doing. A lot of these people, you got John Brennan on MSNBC. He's speaking in code, knowing full well he's under surveillance but they're doing this dog whistling thing this is how they're communicating with each other i'm understanding they're also communicating with each other and in gaming chat rooms and stuff like that but because they're under such heavy surveillance they use those opportunities to talk to each other Uh, i i think you think that i'm on the right right track in that regard i don't know for an absolute fact but it seems like they are communicating with their their minions
0: Um, yes they are I can tell you that for a fact and every time I see something I have like a a stack of thank you cards thank you cards and that's what I put them in and like these thank you cards and I just send notes to the uh, Justice Department and to the White House and I'm like he said this at this time this time look at this video on this so you know one thing is for sure the post office downstairs like damn you buy a lot of stamps (laughs) you mail a lot of notes yep I gotta say thanks Uh, so they come in in that because they'll open it because it's a card you know and that way i know that it won't be put on the the lightweight pile you know when they sort the mail it'll right. go on the heavy so it'll be like oh this is a praise so we need um the president's staff to look at it because usually they send like birthday cards or responses right from the white house and these are just communications hey watch this video this time this interviewer he said this this is what he meant uh you know and and <laughs> you're right they're they're talking in code brennan is upset
1: so, so i'm not too far off then i'm just no, going on no. that they- stick. They totally are doing that. Wow.
0: No, they totally are. You can see it. And even his memoir that was blocked, you know, he pretty much said and he's throwing he is literally throwing Gina Haspel under the bus. Oh, I can't talk to Gina Haspel. Yeah, that's right. Because you you speak to her. You get the information from her via General Hayden. Like, hello, you just threw both of them under the bus, you idiot. Uh, So, you know. These are things that you're right. They have it all the time. Uh, you know, these messages, these coded messages, these jabs. And uh, people need to understand that it's not them tweeting. They have like a PR firm that does all of it. Like Skippy tweeted. It's like we all know Skippy's not tweeting mm-hmm so yeah. um so tell me what what first of all how bad of a fizzle was this epstein thing i mean i have more stuff like most of the stuff that was released is in my article from the testimony that i wrote like two years ago H- how did you feel about that two thousand page dump that was a nothing burger
1: okay this well hold on a second it's not a nothing burger uh this is what i was i was able to confirm legally uh and this morning i came to you know, Ken, I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm reading through the stuff. Now, we had suspected, obviously, that the FBI had been concealing uh, information. The thing that I extracted from that entire thing, and I don't know if you had dug into the 302 reports dating all the way back to the Florida deal, but I was able to factually shore up my assertion that the FBI has been complicit in covering up on behalf of um uh Epstein or or the cabal. Now this is this becomes very dangerous here. Now we have factual proof that the FBI was getting communications from victims and they were also uh admittedly in the 302 report back in 2018 saying that they were not going to prosecute, uh that they had a non-prosecution agreement because Epstein was cooperating. Well, you know how dangerous that becomes. Uh because if if in fact Um, they're holding collateral material such as videotapes of, let's say, Bill Clinton or whoever, all these powerful people that are in their blackmail network. Well, if the FBI is holding the cards, that puts the FBI in too powerful of a position. If they're covering stuff up on behalf of the cabal, well, obviously, they're going to use that as leverage to get what they want. I'm also now connecting dots to what Patrick Byrne from Overstock said that that in fact they were even extorting and using leverage against Hillary Hillary Clinton, and he had come forward. Uh, he had come forward and and brought that to uh, to John Durham and to A. G. Barr. Y- you can imagine that the FBI holding all of that information. if They had videotapes, for instance, of Bill Clinton. They could have held that information over the Clintons' heads. The FBI themselves uh, and Patrick Byrne has confirmed that he actually stated it publicly. Uh, so this becomes dangerous. I think the FBI has become so corrupt and so complicit in this cover-up thing of, of, of pedophilia and uh, child and sex trafficking. Uh, they've become so corrupt. I believe that President Trump has an obligation to, to just dissolve them. I mean, there's just too many incidents where, where they've, uh, you know, they've wielded too much power uh, by, you know, by blackmail and extortion.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. So within those files, the only thing that was new, okay, for the public, I guess, because first of all, the FBI didn't cover for Epstein because he was Brennan's asset, first of all. Okay. So Mm. that's number one. I know that for a fact. Mm. Um, Number two, the name of the FBI agent that has all the pictures and videos and evidence is Christina Pryor of the FBI. Mm, And her name actually came up. Uh, within those documents, and so right. now, uh, you know, for me who has a little bit more, this allows me this weekend to sit down and do a bombshell article and add more of my stuff that's not public record, linking it to public record. You know how we journalists do it when you can't say what you use and you draw, right? So, um, so that's uh, that's the, the the statement. Now, a lot of people are like, "Well, finally, we have Bill Clinton implicated." But we all knew he was there. We have pictures of him there. They've been circulating right. on the internet for forever. So these uh, two thousand page documents are all the interrogations from back in the day. Uh, some of that stuff I already had um, because I already had all, all that information. Did,
1: did you so, know that? Did you know that Dershowitz had negotiated yes, uh, immunity yes. in the non-prosecution agreement?
0: Yes, and I had tweeted at him like a long time ago, right before my personal Twitter account was banned. He was really, really upset because I had seen his name. See. This is like before everybody was talking Epstein, right? This is before he was arrested. This is during 2015 and then 2016 when depositions were happening. And I was like, so Alan, you get an immunity deal so you can talk, but let's forget about the girl on the plane while you and Michael Wolf were there, right? Let's forget about that, right? So that's, that's the whole thing because these girls and boys – Right. Everybody just keeps talking about girls. They don't even mention the little boys uh, were assailed in the air most of the time in international airspace, um, traveling back and forth to parties. And that piece that I had written, I had told, you know, uh, you know, testimony from a victim in there. And, you know, a lot of people these days um, don't have the patience to read things anymore, Pete. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because people walk around with their mouth open. They don't read articles. But if someone went back to that article I wrote, they'd see how they planned these parties and rented these children and nabbed these children after these meetings, bringing them back to compounds where they're having supposed tech meetings and raping the living daylights out of children. Mm -hmm. Uh, But nobody pays attention to that because, you know, uh, everything's just instant these days mouths open, instantaneous. So, why do you think? Think the media didn't mention. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I tried to say that one with the straight face.
1: <laughs> so 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 ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, this morning I was just I was on Twitter. I'm like, so uh, I, the 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 story is, you know, that um, I mean, now we have uh, public publicly available information uh, that the FBI was involved in a cover up, that they had known a lot of information, and that and that Bill Clinton is is nailed in testimony. Uh, if somebody had said Pete Santilli was at an island with, you know, with underage girls, what would they do to me? They, they, I'd be guilty uh, until I could prove my innocence out of it. Uh, certainly uh, the other way around. The mainstream media hasn't even touched it. None of the majors, including Fox News, has even come close to it. These are major, major revelations here that, that the media knows that, that the information exists. They just choose not to cover it. You, you, you'd have to be an idiot to not see this this uh, recent drop of two thousand pages.
0: Well, you know, everyone's reading them. Everyone's digging into them. The majority of the stuff we've all already done in um, my Telegram room and on um, Periscope, Facebook, and Twitch. And I've already posted the link uh, where you guys can get the full unredacted version. Uh, So um, that's been done. Can you tell me something then? What
1: what was the name of that person uh, that was redacted? In one of the transcript- there
0: were tons of it. names, like even Christine Pryor, you know, the the FBI agent, she was uh-huh. redacted, and she came up. I've just I went to the specific names that I wanted to pop up to see if I could talk about them this weekend in an article. To be honest, so you have to be more specific because there were a lot of names redacted.
1: So, okay, was President Trump's name? No,
0: nowhere. That's why the media didn't bring it up. Of course, hello,
1: <laughs> you no.
0: know they all searched that document like a, <laughs> with a fine tooth comb because that would have been at the tip of their lips. At at the press conference no Trump in there so mm-hmm. mm. none whatsoever
1: do you think you know like with patrick Byrne, a lot of these ceos they have working relationships with the cia you know they're, they're traveling the world when they're approached by people like patrick Byrne described that it's not you know it's something very normal you can provide information to the cia or the fbi as to stuff that's going on do you think president trump having access to all these people was supplying them with information. I think so. I yeah, we can only speculate, of course, but I, I think he was on the good side. He, he's on the, you know, he's, he was a white hat out there. Maybe saying, "Hey, Epstein is a dirtbag.
0: Well, he actually he actually whistled on on Epstein back in 7 seven, wasn't it? I have it in my article where yeah. everyone scrubbed the internet of that incident where he kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago and said, get lost, you pervert. uh, Because he was hitting on one of uh, the locker girls, right? And the minute it came to his attention, he kicked him out. So, I mean, you know, people are like, oh, look, he was partying with him. No, duh. If there were pictures of me, damn, you'd be like, girl, I don't trust you as far as I could throw you. Uh, Because I've been in rooms to kind of like with that... Eric Ciaramella thing, right? Everyone was like, "Oh, you know," and I was like, "We have pictures of him. It's like, who cares? Do you know how many pictures I have with these clowns? That if there are, right? It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing. It just no. means that you were in their orbit. And we all know Trump would remember everything they forgot while they drink. So <laughs> that's the good part. Um, yep. so, so what do you think the president needs to do now? I mean, it's going to be a really hot August um, and it's going to still be cray cray. What do you think he needs to do now?
1: You know, I, I don't know if you saw my, my recent... You may or may not have. Uh, I just wanted to have a conversation with you anyway. But I put out a media release because I wanted to put out... And this is before you know the the 100-day mark. I said that President Trump needed to do three things. Here's the beautiful part. The three things are as follows. Number one, he needs to deal with big tech. Number two, he needs to deal with the mail-in ballots to, um, uh, to wipe out the potential for voter fraud. And then number three, to deal with this... This communist insurrection, this violence, you know, that we're going to see um, are getting progressively worse as we get closer to the election. Well, he's pretty much nailed two of them. Not that he's listening to me, but that tells you that the guy is in tune with what it's going to take to save our country. We cannot have mail-in ballots. Whether or not he has authority to kick out an election, he, he basically brought that, that topic of conversation Right to the forefront. We cannot have uh, mail-in ballots because of the potential for fraud. Um, Big tech, they're going to bring, I bet you the DOJ is going to bring an antitrust case against them. Um, Well,
0: we don't need an antitrust case. But wait, hold that thought because we need to play um, uh, my favorite commercial. Okay. Okay. We're going to play that favorite commercial and we'll get right back on the antitrust thing. uh, Because that's exactly what the Democrats want. And I'll tell you why. Um, Well, I have to hold that thought, don't I? (laughs)
2: forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer the time for empty talk is over now arrives the hour of action from this day forward a new vision will govern our land from this day forward it's going to be only america first every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
3: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart.
4: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: Right, welcome back. So I've got a lot of uh, e- emails coming in from my drivers. They love you, Pete. And uh, yeah, from my over the road truckers that listen to me on the radio. Um, I wanted to say, like your three points, um, you know, uh, months ago, I think it was April or May, I wrote an article of what the president should do. And that's absolutely nothing. When I said, you know, he shouldn't close the, the nation down. He should let governors do it so people see just how important it is for your vote and he did exactly that cuz now people are understanding their governors their mayors are all insane and this is the only way people take their vote seriously from city council school council etc but what people failed to notice is his uh how far ahead of the game he is. So, first things first, he created Space Force among all this turmoil, right? And mm-hmm. took care of the North Korea aspect, right? And people are like, is he insane? We've got all this going on. He's, you know, instigating with, you know, Kim saying, Rocket Man, I've got a bigger button than yours. People were like, what is he doing? He's making Space Force. They all laughed at him. And it was very important because now, you know, it's now coming to to, to, to people's attention, something that I've been talking about for years, um, that we have nukes in space. And so, uh, you know, this is a problem, but we have Space Force. Then people are like, why is he doing this right to try? Oh, that's great. You know, and he brought on handicapped people, people with cancer, all this. It wasn't for that. It was for hydroxychloroquine. Because now, even though the governor like of Ohio, the minute he said, I'm doing this and I I, I tweeted it out the minute I got that, I sent the scathing letter and I said, be ready because I'm going to smack you down for taking away my right to try. And mm-hmm. it's against the law and whoop, within like a day, he backtracks and said he does not allow the pharmacy board to ban the medication because right to try was in place. People have to understand that he's got everything in check,
5: mm-hmm.
0: everything in check. And what you're saying about the social media, let's get to that antitrust, okay? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the problems that we have with the antitrust is that the Democrats want to quash what we already have, which is years and years of legislation on top of legislation, to scrap it and create an Obamacare version of antitrust. Now, that's dangerous. So the only thing we have to do is mandate transparency and have them pick. Are you a publisher or not? End of story. Because if we go into this antitrust, you know, where it gets obamacare we're screwed. Obamacare tied in health insurance, car insurance, life insurance, dental insurance, your educational records, all to your health. DMV, you know, everybody has access to your health. We don't need that because that gives power to the few again. So what we need is to uh, amend or uh, put out legislation on top of what we have, which um, this allows them to have behind the scenes agreements because they all compete, but they're all working together. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like one hand washes the other um and that's what we need to fix we don't need to go through antitrust first we need to say what are you are you a publisher or not that's that's my thing because if we fall into the trap of antitrust we're screwed
1: yeah i guess that uh okay just from a, a layman's perspective i'm certainly not an attorney but i remember the breakup of AT&T uh they 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 had a monopoly and and microsoft as well uh, had a monopoly so as far as antitrust is concerned, I, I think that these these big companies have uh, – Silicon Valley has more power than all three branches of our government. So breaking up the monopolies um, is, is, why, is the only reason why I would advocate for like an antitrust suit. But, I mean, ultimately, you used your appropriate term, and I agree with it. You said uh, transparency. Hey, if you're going to be deleting people from the Internet, you better have – justification for it because it's a violation you're, you're you have the public square you have an obligation to protect people's constitutional rights so if you're gonna delete Pete Santillis show because he showed some women that were uh, some some doctors that were suggesting that it, their success rate with hydroxychloroquine, uh that, that's not justification to remove something he didn't do anything illegal he's a member of the independent media so transparency why not make that information public when you start deleting people's You know, uh, media content. Well, guess what? As a small um, uh, mom and pop shop and independent media, I have to go up against these big conglomerates in the mainstream media in Silicon Valley. That's anti competitive. They have very, a lot of power. See, uh, to, a, here's a, here's a, here's to box out their competition.
0: Right, but I, I, here's where I go back to the judicial branch is the problem. Because, you know, while at and oh, it was a monopoly, it's this, it's still a monopoly. See, President Trump in 2017, nobody, I wrote an article about it, um, you know, he actually hurled the lawsuit at, um, you know, DirecTV and at and uh, buying HBO, right? Mm-hmm. And this is just one example. I have an article somewhere on Tory Says where I talk about Dish Network. And this is how they took over. And so he went at them and the whole media was attacking. And the judge was like, no, no, if they buy HBO, they won't change the prices and stuff, you know? It's all, it's all fine because then that would be a monopoly. He's like, they're gonna do it. And lo and behold, in October, oh, it was October of 2018, right? Dish Network was no longer able to have um, HBO because they decided to raise the prices. That made no sense for Dish Network customers. And it's like, this is how they do it. They have behind-the-scene deals. Amazon, uh, you know, is getting a piece of it because there's HBO Go and paying rent to them. You know, this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous, and that's the thing. It's the behind-the-scenes memorandums of understanding and memorand and just, you know, memo of agreements that they have. This is what you we know, need you to touch, pull out. You touch
1: on the most important element, and that is all we need to do. We don't need new laws or change very much other than to hold them accountable to the Communications Decency Act Section 230 that says that if you're a utility and you're immune, uh, then you have to act as a utility. Or if you're a publisher uh, and you start deleting content and curating content, uh, then you're going to be treated as a publisher. If you hold them to that standard and just enforce the current law, nothing really needs to be changed as far as regulation or, or legislation. Uh, we could
0: just add to it that, if, first of all, if we're talking social media, just social media, right? Uh, we have to define uh, their platforms if we're talking only social media, because social media is not the internet, right? Because yesterday we had Google there, not because they're the internet search engine, right? But because they have YouTube and other endeavors that are on social media platforms, and YouTube is considered a social media platform. Though, here's where it gets mucky Are you social media? Are you just media? That's where they've muddled it, and we left. let Let them do it. And this is how they get away with it. Because YouTube has YouTube TV and YouTube music and, 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 right? All these services that you can have. So where do you define what social media and what's not?
1: Yeah. And you hear um, Susan watch Kiki saying, oh, we're going to funnel everyone into authoritative news sources. She's literally controlling the flow of information. And because people want their stuff on demand on the internet, she's literally setting her search results, um, to, to point people towards the mainstream media, uh, boxing somebody like me out, you know, with an alternative view.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing pete that's the thing they don't want people to tell the truth they don't want people to tell the facts i mean even during the testimony today my toes were curling in anger because i was listening to fauci or, or it was raskin asking fauci if you know in you know getting an intravenous of bleach he equated that to hydroxychloroquine i was like oh this is insane you know and we have him talking about you know how the media it's like when is the media first of all a lawyer a doctor legislators like they know best they tell they tell you know uh politicians what to do globally which is mm-hmm. what when did you become an expert again
5: mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's oh. yeah and when you call them to the carpet they don't like it at all you need to shut up and you're not allowed to and you know, nobody asks real questions anymore. And you know what's frustrating? Why is the White House press pool with them? They should have you and me on a Zoom call asking real questions.
1: Yeah. You know, cu- currency, the most valuable currency on the planet right now is information. Um, uh, above and beyond, you know, the dollar is the reserve and gold is the standard and all that stuff. The the, the true most valuable currency right now is information flow, because He who controls that obviously has control over, you know, over the populace. Um, If you have some YouTuber attorney that's educating people on what their rights are as to whether or not they should be able to wear a mask or a doctor saying, you know, uh, talking about the detrimental effects of wearing a cloth mask because you're breathing CO2. um, That goes against their narrative, obvious. And and, and it's just a total control grid. Uh, They need to control us. Um, And uh, we got to do something. Uh, Anyways, back to the point. We started out by saying, what does President Trump need to do? He cannot allow Silicon Valley to be um, the election meddler that they are. Uh, Everyone's so concerned about Russian election meddling. My biggest concern is American election meddling.
0: Okay. So they've been in the election meddling since the beginning. I actually put a piece out about Jack Dorsey lying. Uh, we saw that, uh, during, uh, you know, during the Bradley and then converted into Chelsea Manning hearing, DARPA actually paid billions to Twitter to allow them to create sock puppets, what we now know as bots, to drive the conversation about the Bradley Manning trial so this has been going on like crazy i mean we have there's this one account on twitter that's called e the friend i don't know if you've seen it that puts out it's it's almost like he's like mirroring me and copying me or whatever but he puts out information uh that is fearful and not only that he's like well you you know i work for the government i'm a federal look i dm with the dod and it's like come on pete you were government too right you're jarhead right Tell mm-hmm. me, can you tweet and say that you work for the federal government saying things like that?
1: Mm-mm. Right? Certainly.
0: You'd be fired in a heartbeat. Yes or no?
1: Sounds like, sounds like Gussifer 2.0 working for the D- Oh, my D-
0: gosh. Yeah, Brennan created that persona, too. Right, <laughs> right.
1: I am a Russian bot. Oh, Okay, that's... Totally. Yeah.
0: Totally. Those were all fake. <laughs> all the hacks were fake. There were no hacks. They pretended to have hacks so they can, you know put it, uh, you know, through. But that's the thing. They are attacking us on every level. We have, you know, former government employees, uh, you know, on there there to save the day. We have, you know, personas popping out, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like these personas that are popping out are probably getting promoted for hijacking everybody's reality. And it's not just that. It's the uh, Operation Gridlock, you know, where you have all these accounts saying, follow me back. So then you're following like... 100,000 people how are you gonna read a tweet you know I have people saying how did I not know about you and it's like well operation gridlock full effect you know uh, this is this is how they operate they obfuscate information like they they know that they can't remove people anymore after the statement the president made they have to be more careful like YouTube just like you Pete I streamed the Breitbart video the whole thing right Mm-hmm. Now, they said I didn't get a community strike or anything like that, but they put me in timeout and I can't live stream anymore. I can only premiere and upload videos that, mm. you know, obviously every single one of them is not monetized. Or wait a minute, the majority are ineligible because they don't suit advertisers. Of That's course. the new one, right? Mm. And so it's like, you know, we're putting content out, content that a lot of people want to see that they're still putting ads on, right? And mm-hmm. they're keeping us there as long as they make ad money, but they're silencing us by buffering where we are. Like Facebook, you can't even find my page.
1: I got to I got to tell you this. You know what they did with my channel? They demonetized my channel, and uh, you know, and, and and I've got a, a an ad network that uh, that I work with that's uh, based out of the UK. But anyway, long story short, YouTube said, "Oh, um, we're going to demonetize you because of uh, you know complaints." And then I found out directly from YouTube through my rep that they had a concern because I was talking about COVID-19 too much. So they said, you got to clean up your channel. I'm like, what do you mean clean up the channel? And they said, well, you've got too much COVID-19 stuff on there. Um, So long story short, they said, have you cleaned up your channel? I'm like, no, I'm doing exactly what I did before. And I don't want your freaking dirty money. I don't want your dirty money. And your behavior modification program doesn't work with me. I'm going to go elsewhere to make money instead of YouTube. You're going to tell me that I can't talk about COVID-19. So it's it's difficult to navigate around, but, you know, to, we, we, we have to take a stand. These behavior modifications like, oh, you played a video, so therefore you won't be able to live stream. Well, go live stream somewhere else. I don't need your live streaming, you know?
0: yeah i i see but people want instantaneous um you know access to information and that's the thing i'll I'll tell you what you know what was astonishing is how quickly they removed videos of these doctors across the worldwide web almost instantaneously yet child pornography child porn videos creepy videos are living untouched
1: listen i created a I created a um a video platform um um, uh, a, a URL, that is. It's called deletedbyyoutube.com. Every time they delete uh, one of those videos, I upload it to uh, one of our range broadcasting's video platforms. It's called eVault. Uh, so deletedbyyoutube.com is where you can find that hydroxychloroquine is saving lives video. It's right there. They can delete all they want. We'll just have it safely stored offshore on eVault. So uh, there's a market uh, there for for, you know, for freedom seekers <laughs> and lovers.
0: Well, I want to ask you something. So, uh, yeah, the, the I, I have that video, too. I actually put it on DLive and Twitch because they don't, you know, if you have subscribers and you hide stuff where they pay like a dollar a month, they right. can see videos that are archived, and they can't take them off because Amazon's oh, pla- its an Amazon platform, so it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I can hide stuff, and people can access it. But I just put it deleted by YouTube.com. Oh, oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know about that channel. Ooh, go you!
1: Pete. By, we uh, range uh, broadcasting. It. We own that uh, that video platform. Nice. It's not open to the public, uh, but uh, I stream on it. They can't take me down. I put videos up there. They're not going to take me down because. I actually am a part owner of it. So. Yeah, but
0: you know you have to be careful with these servers because they come down super hard on mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty incredible how they how they do things on um, how they remove people and sure. yeah. uh, you know how quickly they do it. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, they threaten to, to turn something. off your fiber service. You know, if they want to do that, if you know, if they're that annoyed with you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, the thing is, they do cut off the internet. I had problems with my server constantly knocking me down, uh, but it's a private server, so there's control over that. Um, gotcha. And that's the thing. What do we do? All of us buy private servers and you know, have fans everywhere so we can cool them down. Is that to the point that we have to get to? where we have to have our own. Yeah, but we shouldn't. I mean, if they're getting paid to house all this data, then they should be impartial to it. If they're letting child porn, snuff films and, you know, bad deals go down, that should be okay. If Hillary Clinton can have a server, we should be able.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, these, these, these pedos and sexual deviants are the ones that are profiting off of all that stuff that you just described. You know, these pedo code talkers like Jack over at Twitter, you know, um, (laughs) they of course they allow pedophilia and uh and sex trafficking and pornography and all that stuff because they're profiting off of it so anyways
0: no and that's the thing so now i just wanted to tell you. so i wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. what do you think is their next ploy so they're trying this mail-in voting it's kind of failing Because, you know, masks, we're going to agree with them that they work, right? Social distancing only works, uh, you know, you have to do it unless you're protesting. It doesn't matter. You don't get coronavirus when there's protesting. So, you know, we're saying masks work. We're totally going along with their plan. Uh, What do you think their next ploy is? I mean, they're not giving money to people that are stuck and can't have a job. Like, what do you think their next ploy is?
1: Well, I I like how right now the narrative, because this is what we're all waiting for is uh i'm fully expecting and i don't have any inside information um as a matter of fact i'm just speculating based on the high level of secrecy i have enough evidence right now that if i were a prosecutor at the department of justice i could bring uh conspiracy charges to a whole bunch of people including hillary clinton Barack obama and joe biden i believe that they are getting ready uh to to indict at a very high level uh conspiracy charges And I don't know how high up they're going to go. But the narrative they're putting out right now is that Durham's doing nothing. Oh, my goodness, it might happen after the election. Uh, So they need as much time as possible to issue these indictments. I believe they're going to come within the next, uh, I would say, within the next four weeks maximum, within the next month, these indictments are going to come. When that happens... Uh, I believe that President Trump at that point in time will never, ever, ever look back, that we will have, have had the, the edge to finally put these corrupt, uh, uh, this corrupt cabal in shackles, uh, and he will control the, the news cycle and the narrative. The mainstream media will have to come up to speed. Now, the dangerous thing is is that within the next four weeks, I'm literally losing sleep because you know what they're capable of doing. They could launch a false flag and kill tens of millions of people if they wanted to do it. If they felt that desperate. So I'm kind of happy that the narrative is that Durham's doing nothing and nothing's going to come out come about until after the election to kind of throw them off the off the path. Uh, but it's going to be a huge thing. I, within, I, I'm making a prediction right now within the next month. Within the next month. Well, I'm going to
0: tell you it's going to be next week. They already started. So, uh, you know, they already started because, yeah, well, I can tell you for a fact there have been a lot of people testifying against Brennan and Clapper. Yes, so, that's great. You know, and yeah. I and I and I love the fact that I'm constantly getting emails and, you know, secret chats and from mm-hmm. other people that are, you know, within uh, you know, my kind of domain, like they worked for the agencies that are like, Oh man, you're totally like doing it <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, so I'm not you, that far yeah, off. Yeah, I'm, no, just, no. I'm just telling you me. those two those two are definitely perping. But here's where they're coming at, and I'm gonna put it on the screen. for those of you that are on Twitch, Periscope, and DLive, and Facebook, um, and those that are going to see this later on YouTube. There is a tweet that the president tweeted out um, that said Sleepy Joe Biden is just a Trojan horse for the radical left agenda, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And he said he will do whatever they want. And the Sunrise Movement took his tweet. This is like parlay between the two of them. You see this? We are Trump's worst nightmare. We radically transformed Biden's climate change policy. Now we're driving that Trojan horse to the White House. Will you stay on the streets and pull Biden's strings? Hashtag no justice, no sleep. So um, Millie Weaver actually put out a great report uh, yesterday. Did you see it? I did on
1: on show, on Alex Jones' show. Yeah, and it was
0: incredible because you know there's an infiltration that you know she's managed to uh, you know kind of keep going. And Mm -hmm. if you like, I've logged in. I've uh, you know phone bank for these clowns, (laughs) just you know obviously red pilling people. But to Mm -hmm. pay attention, these people are dangerous. And the thing is, I wrote that article about Rona McDaniel because she, uh, you know, just a couple months ago gave the keys to the kingdom to CrowdStrike and, uh, you know, a new player that no one's heard of that sits on Tableau, um, which is like a company that runs their software, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I exposed that because they gave every single Republican representative, senator, people that are high donors, name, addresses, private information out and so they're going to their houses like i'm terrified to think that you know they will you know crawl through a window these crazy dildo waivers and Mm. you know kill someone they are willing to do it they are willing to do it and this is what we're going to see they've already started they started yesterday uh and you know yesterday when they did the whole meeting thing millie weaver put together a report really quick i mean it was insane if uh you know i'm gonna play it for my viewers in in the next hour but uh and listeners on the radio but it's pretty insane so pete uh you're gonna have to come back on we're gonna have to talk i guess i'm gonna come and talk to you the minute the brennan stuff pops
1: so, i've literally because you know as soon as i came out uh, uh after 619 days day 620 i went right to work and started digging uh into all of this stuff and i haven't stopped so I, I'm a weirdo. I read all of the, you know, for those people that don't read, I, I read for them. I read thousands of pages of legal documents, transcripts. I read the declassified stuff. We've got enough right now to put a whole bunch of people in jail. And absolutely, I, I, I love talking to you Tori and I appreciate you having me on your show
0: so do I and I simply adore that you came on I'm so honored that you came on considering you know I'm all over the place I'm constantly watching things putting things together um, so for my audience everybody uh, Pete is it Pete
1: live TV Pete live dot TV broadcast at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern time Monday through Monday through Friday every single day five hours of live streaming every day uh, yeah, please come on over and Tori we'll have you back on the show Yeah,
0: definitely and you have to come back over too because you know, I love talking shop with you. I mean, you know, uh, what is it? Called, what love was it? You. What was the saying? Marine stands for my tush rides in Navy equipment. <laughs> so, what, <laughs> I had to say it. I had to. I had to. All right. I, I appreciate you so much, Pete. Thank you. news. All right. Welcome back everyone to the Tori says show. How awesome was that? Um, I love uh, talking with Pete. He's really good. Like I said, pretty good analysis uh, for someone that's not, uh, you know, uh, in the trenches, right? Uh, so he's pretty good. I guess, you know, that's what made him an outstanding jarhead too. Right. And uh, like he said, um, he did, he did do the time, and that's what being a political prisoner is. Speaking of political prisoner, we also have Martin Shkreli still in jail. Um, so I'm wondering about that. Like, why is he still in there? So. <laughs> so let's hit the ground running a little bit. Let's talk about what's going on and how this roller coaster is happening. So you know, the the left as we realize is pretty much insane. They are willing to kill you, lock you up, let you die just to maintain power. And that is a fact. We have been seeing the way they uh, are coming at us and I said, you know, Hey, everyone was telling me, how could it be worse than what we're going through, Tori? We have uh, coronavirus. We're locked in our house. How could it, you know, it was going to be a pretty good analysis for a Marine. Sorry. Sorry. I love my jarheads. But um, the thing is, everyone was telling me, Tori, come on, it can't get worse than this. I was like, Stop. After the 20th, that's when things are changing. This is where we're entering into that era of transition. And when I say transition, it means no more BSing. We will be able to see right through everything and it'll be such a roller coaster. Can you see the roller coaster? The minute you're like, yeah, and it's like, nope. Yeah, nope you know you're just for the first time i think lots of people are actually watching these hearings and are thinking come on you know what or what is going on here and hey this has been happening for years for years it has been happening but i did tell you okay i did tell you That after Labor Day, that's where things are going to change. That's where things are going to look real good. Uh, Because it's going to be real good, but with a lot of pain. I'm going to tell you that. This is where muskets are going to be up. People are going to be, you know, on on alert because they're woke. This is a transition period. This is the period where everyone's starting to see right through it and say, well, hold on a second, man. So you're shutting them up. You don't want us to have hydroxychloroquine. It's a problem. It's a big problem. So what is going on? How did this happen? Why did this happen? What is going on with Flynn? Why do we have General Flynn still hanging out? Judge judge has no leg to stand. What is going on? It's pure insanity. But people are seeing it. This is exactly what I've been saying for years. Hey, You got to let them pull their own pants down or else it's no fun. What? I'm going to tell you they're corrupt. No, you're going to see it. I'm going to tell you they would be willing for you to die rather than help you. You got to see it. I'm going to tell you they'd rather see you beg them, grovel to them for food. Huh? I can't just tell you that. You have to see it. This is a transition. This is where everyone is starting to see it. Even the left is like, wait a minute, um, that's not right. Even the Black Lives Matter, they've lost a lot, a lot of steam. Wait a minute, dude, what? My daughter this morning was accosted by someone. She went uh, to the corner store to get herself something, and a man touched her. And he happened to be, you know, a black American man, and she punched him in the face. And reflex, and... You know, some guy was like, that's racist. So she pepper spayed that guy. And she was like, well, he was wearing a mask. So much for a mask. He felt that. And I was like, you have to call me. No, she's like, I'm 14. I said, I'm a minor, leave me alone. And they're still, you know, coming at me. The guy was telling me I was racist because I punched the guy in the face for not letting him touch me. And it's like, but the cops are right there. Why not? She's like, no, I should use the pepper spray, which is (laughs) not a good thing. But this happens all the time. They do it to children. They try to indoctrinate you. What? This guy just touched me and I told him not to touch me. So I respond with a punch in the face the minute he lay his hands on me and you're telling me I'm racist. How's that work? How does that work? I told him, get off of me, man. I'm 14. Leave me alone. And he touches me. Of course I'm going to respond. So, you know, soy boys are all out in effect. doing. This is what happens. It happens all the time happens all the time they try to utilize this mentality against you it's like the person was waiting for that to happen you know it's like you didn't see what happened uh, to, to, you know to the soy boy that stepped in and told her you're racist and she was like are you kidding she's she pepper sprayed him she's like he choked i was she's like so much for his mask huh <laughs> Sorry. I had to laugh. I had to laugh. That was funny. That was super funny. Like when she told me, I was just like, what? Uh, So, uh, you know, then this other guy came by and said, you need to leave her alone. We're going to march over to the police and, you know, file a report. You need to leave her alone. She told you she's a minor. I mean, look, she stays in a place that is one of the most highly secure places and she's outside where there's cameras on every like foot. So she has no problem being out there. And the police were right there. So she could have, but she just wanted to respond. She loves her pepper spray, I'll tell you that. So um, people need to be fighting back. Not literally. I do not promote violence or anything like that. Never. Um, And I don't promote overthrowing the government. The cabal, yes. The government, no. The shadow government, yes. The government, no. So where are we at? Huh. We're at the point of no return with these insane people. Listen to Millie's report that she put out yesterday. Uh, it was what we were talking about at, on one of my lives yesterday. Uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty scary, because they, they say it themselves. They're going to come at you, and they don't care, and they will come for you in your house. That's the scary part. Take a listen..)
6: I hate it. <laughs> Our undercover just recorded Sunrise Movement's announcement of a nationwide 100-day siege on the eve of the Bohemian Grove Cremation of Care ritual, changing their Sunrise logo into the wide-awake, all-seeing eye. They claim to be finishing the work of Reconstructionism, purposefully kicking off a continuation of the American Civil War.
7: This is really the moment that this broken system could all come crumbling down, but it's up to us to take action and make it happen. We have to bring the crisis to their doorsteps and we're going to mobilize outside the homes of politicians in the middle of the night to wake them up. That's right, y'all. No justice, no sleep. And this isn't just your regular protest. This is a daily haunting to make it clear that our generation is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the revolution in the streets and at the ballot box.
8: My dream is that we bring these failed and corrupt institutions to their knees and we build something new. I love the term siege because I feel like that's exactly what we're gonna do. And I all encourage you to go read the Wikipedia page for what a siege is because have that expectation. We need to tell the world that we're not taking this anymore, that they will see us, they will feel us and they will hear us until they are deaf with our demands. Rome was not built in the day and it was also not sieged in the day. In fact, it was sieged over the course of one year and nine days, which was a fact I learned today every single day from now until the election is a day we're preparing for ballot time battle and the post-election eruption of our pent-up anger that means showing up to houses of politicians everywhere who have failed us so for the next 100 days we will haunt these architects of the death economy we will march into their homes we will march into their homes we will march into their homes and make it plain and simple for them
6: They are using an example of a pro-abolitionist group from the 1860s called the Wide Awakes. If you go back and read about the tactics used by the Wide Awakes, they were a group that would use hammers to smash windows, break stuff, and beat people. On election day, Wide Awakes monitored voting lines, challenged suspicious voters, and checked to see that ballots were genuine before they were cast. A nationwide campaign of harassment, violence and intimidation is now underway. The Sunrise Movement, March for Our Lives, United We Dream and Black Lives Matter are the main groups organizing this uprising. You saw what they did to the cities. Well, now they're planning to target American citizens at their homes. Quote, we need to prepare for the new terrain, Cops enforcing domestic property disturbances more aggressively than police office sit-ins and brutality by federal officers in cities across the country. They plan to use children on the front lines, forcing law enforcement to engage with minors. Youthful rioters will aggressively go to prominent outspoken conservatives and politicians' homes to quote, show them who really has the power. The mission is to disrupt their private life and well-being by shouting, bullhorning and banging to keep them in a state of continued anxiety. Remember, this is the same group of people that said burning down buildings is a legitimate form of protest. Well, do they feel the same about burning down homes?
7: Actions like burning buildings um, are legitimate and powerful forms of resistance.
6: So we should expect the same thing that's been happening in Portland to start happening now on the doorsteps of prominent conservatives and Republicans. The protest at Mitch McConnell's home was a Juneteenth beta test. They also say that they need a president whose strings they can pull and that Biden is their
7: guy. Despite the potential for change that's coming, we still have to deal with Biden. Right, And I know literally every time I open the news, he's gone and said something else terrible. The Democratic Party is banging us over the head with we got to defeat Trump. And this really speaks to me, right? We need an administration we can control. We need to be able to pull the strings if we want to be able to implement the visionary future we need.
6: After they get Biden elected through street tactics, they will overtake his administration.
7: Let's get something
0: straight. These people think they have power. This is how dumb they are. They are letting them think that they have power, that they are infiltrating Biden's campaign or these Democrats. They have no idea that they will suicide all of them if they have to, kill them all if they have to, the minute they get President Trump out of office. They seem to think that, you know, that they're important That's what's weird. They think to see they think that Pelosi, Biden, all these clowns and even the rhinos are going to let them skate and say, oh, you brought us the wind. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to listen to you. We're totally going to listen to you. People just don't understand that these clowns, these idiots that think they're important now (laughs) are simply tools, but they're too stupid to understand that.
8: So now we're going to take actions they cannot ignore.
6: On election day, they plan to take civil unrest to voting polls in suburban and Republican areas. They will be targeting Trump's poll watchers. The claim that they are agents of intimidation to keep black and brown people from voting. So as we ramp up to the election,
8: we know there's a lot that's going to be stopping black and brown people and young people from voting. Polling places are being shut down, and we've heard that Trump has called for 50k poll watchers, which we all know that means there's going to be an army of terrorizers to scare black and brown people from voting. It's going to be rough.
6: So they claim they are going to be protesting at the polls to help protect brown and black people. But minorities have had open access to voting booths just like everyone else. The real goal is to scare and intimidate conservative voters away by having these violent groups present at the polls. That's why we need to show up like never before. You really think they aren't going to physically attack Trump voters, given the opportunity? It's time to win some sh- So after showing our power on election day, we'll actually
8: start to dictate how we rebuild society. We young people, We really need to get out there and fight like our lives depend on it. Because it really does, y'all.
7: The revolution is here, y'all. It is outside our doorsteps. And it's up to each and every one of us to decide who we are. Are we the vanguards of this revolution?
0: The vanguards of the Look at her. Look at her bedroom with all her trinkets. I don't even want to get into the profiling that I've done on this chick when I saw her. I was just like... I'm going to keep it to myself. So these people... Probably got a lot of money from the Democrats, probably got, you know, some funding, uh, were thumped that they're, you know, in armor that they're speaking to politicians and they actually think they're important. Her life does not matter to them, just like yours and millions others don't. Because if it did, they wouldn't be strangulating the whole hydroxychloroquine either. They would be transparent and we
7: wouldn't be locked in our homes. Are we wide awake on this call and ready to bring the revolution to the doorsteps of our leaders from dawn until dusk? I think we are. Looks like George
6: Soros is down for another round of happy making. And he will send his goons after you if necessary. For more reports, you can go to band.video or millenniumillie.com. You can also support me by going to
0: Millie Weaver at... So... That's where you need to go, to Millie Weaver at Subscribestar. She's there, too. Uh, She has her own website. I'm not going to state the profile. It's just wrong. I won't. I'll keep it to myself. But you guys can kind of draw your own picture. Now, as you see, these people have recruited mercenaries, people that think they're strong, people that think they have power. And the thing is, they're all godless. They don't have anything. They have nothing. They have... Absolutely nothing. The only thing that they can promote is fear. So the majority of these videos as well that they've been putting out and encouraging people to join this, you know, oh, join us and we're going to do this is going to be a fizzle too. There's going to be a few, you know, tough patches because as you know, people get paid. I don't know if you guys have seen that video, right? Where the guy says that he gets paid. I want to play it for you because it's, um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's, it's actually very interesting where you see the guy strapping up and saying, well, they're paying us. So it's all good. They're paying us. That's the thing. They're getting paid. They have to pay these people. Where are they getting the money? Ask yourself, where are they getting the money? Of course, act blue. How else? So this blood stuff, oh, this blood stuff, right? That's where they're getting it too. So hold on, let me share my screen so that you can see it and hear it. Because you got to hear this. It's it's not a really good. It's not really good audio because I guess it was on the fly. But here's this guy.
7: Bro. Listen.
9: Everybody, everybody, get on the bandwagon
2: now yeah, they're giving out money.
0: So basically the churches aren't doing anything because they're getting money and now people are jumping on the bandwagon because they're getting money, right? So this, uh, it's not a 70 year war. It is, uh, it's been going on before the drink actually, the, the drink, whoa, the ink actually dried on the paper when they signed the Declaration of Independence. It's been going on for a very long time. So right now, uh, what people need to understand is, is that they're going to come out full force and, and they are shameless. They don't care. And you, <laughs> you can see that they really don't care if, uh, if you die, and in the meantime they have our general. I want you guys to listen to what De- Devin Nunez had to say about General Flint because this is this is nuts. This is really nuts. This is where you could see the insanity. This is why we're on a roller coaster because those of you that are waking up know. That things have been happening, and those that are now seeing things are waking up. This is why there's a roller coaster. This is why it's a win and a lose, and a win and a lose. But in the end, we're winning because people are starting to see. As I said, it's not about telling them who's bad. It's letting them see it.
9: There's a brand new chapter in the legal saga for President Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. An appeals court will now reconsider the Department of Justice's order to drop the criminal case against Flynn. So what happens next here? Let's talk about it more with House Intelligence Ranking Member, California Republican, Devin Nunes. Great to see you, Congressman. I want to get straight to it because a lot of folks are looking at this um, decision as sort of a win for Judge Sullivan, who does not want to allow the Department of Justice to drop the case here.
10: Yeah, look, we're really in uncharted territories, and you said it exactly right, and I'll put it a different way. This is a never-ending story. I think what they're trying to do here, they know this has never been done, the judges know this has never been done, but this is a court that's overwhelmingly Democrat, very left-wing appointees. Uh, and what they're trying to do is stall and stall and stall. And so I think a couple things could could intercede here. One could be that Durham or another U.S. attorney comes up with indictments. Uh, the second thing is is that there could be
0: clue. Durham or another U.S. attorney. How many times have I told you it's not just Durham? There are tons of them. How many times have we said that these sealed indictments for people that are in pff, Georgia are being popped in? idaho and vice versa there are tons of prosecutors tons now is where they're starting to show
10: more evidence that could show up Uh, as you may recall it was the house republicans who were who first learned that the agents didn't believe that flynn was lying Uh, and that's evidence that we had in early 2017 not to mention all the problems with the Mueller team. The Mueller team's being investigated. The Flynn case has been investigated. It's been dismissed by the Department of Justice. No American should be treated like this, especially a war hero.
5: Mm-hmm.
10: A war hero, one of our nation's greatest generals that we've had in this country, who was set up and framed by his own government working with the Democratic Party.
9: In addition to what you mentioned, we even have the emails from Susan Rice that talk about conversations that went on with President Obama and Joe Biden present, that they knew exactly what was happening here and they wanted to proceed, even though they knew there really was no case against Mr. Flynn.
10: Yeah, it's rather uh, frightening. I I think all Americans need to understand those dates. Those dates are really key. General Flynn's the incoming national security advisor. They already have him under investigation in 2016 uh, for a totally, uh, an investigation that was, you know, with no predicate whatsoever. Uh, We know it was a setup by the Democratic Party, supposedly getting information from Russians uh, that they were feeding into the FBI. We knew the FBI cops were corrupt. Uh, then speed up past the election. I think that was just kind of a uh, dirty trick that they were trying to play during the, uh, the October uh, timeframe before the 2016 election. Then come the date that you were mentioning. That date's a critical date because that's clearly where Obama and Biden are directly involved and it comes a day after the FBI themselves, even the dirty cops who were involved in this thing, had tried to dismiss and get rid of this case. Uh, and drop the uh, case, the counterintelligence case against General Flynn. So somehow, I think Obama and Biden have some explaining to do, and we'll see if Biden ever comes out of his basement to actually answer these questions.
9: Right, and the public would certainly need to hear about that, especially ahead of an election. Um, You talk about additional evidence, so I wanna discuss these texts from the former FBI Director Andrew McCabe. Uh, The DOJ has agreed to release them. What do you think that it's gonna show us? It's gonna show (laughs) that he leaked sensitive information and that he misled the investigators.
10: Well, look, we we have long uh, been missing a lot of text messages. Uh, We had to fight as Republicans. We had to fight uh, over and over and over again to get text messages. Don't forget, a bunch of text messages actually disappeared. The Inspector General Horowitz was able to find some of them. Uh, But still, there's a lot that are not out there. Some of them. And my question always is, is, who's holding these text messages up?
0: Oh, I could tell you. It's Storch. Robert Storch. Right? We need to torch Storch. That's what we need to do. We need to get rid of him. Now, there's uh, a lot more people are speaking up about General Flynn. Um, Here we have a clip with Jordan. And you have to ask yourself, why is it that they're so hell-bent on Flynn? This is the question. Why are they so hell-bent on Flynn? That should be coming into fruition. Uh, What is it? Uh, Second week of August.
4: Congressman, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thanks very Mm -hmm. much for joining me.
0: Good
3: to be with you this morning, Maria.
4: Well, well said there, Congressman. What was your reaction to how they reacted? Give us your takeaways to that hearing overall.
3: Well, first with Google, it took them a while to just say they weren't going to try to influence the election, which never inspires a lot of confidence. And we know what they did in 2016. There was the now famous email that came out the day after President Trump won. So on November 9th, the email comes out and they talk about what they tried to do to influence the Latino vote in key states. And that's the important qualifier. They were trying to turn out the Latino vote in Nevada and Florida swing states, key states, to help Clinton. And and they tailored their features to to produce that that kind of what they thought was going to be the outcome. Obviously, the president did well in those states. Um, So we just want to make sure it's not going to happen again. And more importantly, in the broader sense is, why is there this constant censoring of conservatives? President Trump can't have a tweet on, on, on Twitter, but the leader of Iran talking about striking a blow against American citizens, that's just fine. So that's what Americans find frustrating. And frankly, if they're gonna keep doing it, there has to be a remedy. We're gonna to have to act and we're looking at what the appropriate action is.
4: Well, what is the appropriate action? That was my next question. I understand yeah. you're not there yet, but Congressman, what are the options? I mean, there are antitrust concerns. You look at a Google, they, what do they do, 90% market share in search? 90%. Um, and then you've got this issue about not being a bulletin board, not being a so-called platform. That's why right. they are having these liability protections. Um, does that go away? Because like one of your colleagues, Devin Nunes says they're content creators.
3: Yeah. yeah no, so you, I think you got three potential options. You got what you just described. Are you a platform or are you more like a publisher? That's what's commonly referred to as Section 230. You got existing antitrust law. The Justice Department is looking at that right now. And then you may need something new. You may need you may need new uh, uh, Congress to craft new legislation. What I know most importantly is, none of it's gonna happen, none of it's gonna work the right way. None of it's gonna address the, the censoring of conservatives if Joe Biden and whoever he picks as vice president get elected in November. Or if Jerry Nadler st- stays as the chairman the Judiciary Committee. They're not going to want to stop censoring of conservatives. So-,
0: so Jerry Nadler is going to go through some things. All of them are. I tell you, by the end of February 2021, you will see just how glorious it will be. Uh, so what we're going through right now are a lot of distractions. I want you guys to, to know that. These are all distractions. But in the meantime, let's listen to the really nice torching of Fauci by Jim Jordan this morning. Hold on. Let's...
1: I mean, it's... Mr. Jordan.
3: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Dr. Fauci, do, protests increase do protest increase the spread of the virus?
11: Do protests increase the spread of the virus? I think I can make a general statement.
3: Well, half a million protesters on June 6 alone, yeah. I'm just asking, that number of no. people, does yeah. it increase the spread of the virus?
11: Crowding together, particularly when you're not wearing a mask, contributes to the spread of the virus. Should we limit the protesting? I'm not sure what you mean, should, how do we
3: say limit the protesting? Should the government limit the protesting?
11: I, I I don't think that's relevant to.
3: Well, to you just said if it increases the spread of the virus, I'm just asking, should we limit it? Well, I'm, I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. Well, you make all kinds of recommendations. You, no. you make comments on dating, on baseball, on everything no. you can imagine. I'm just asking you. You just said it, yeah. that protests increase the spread. No. I'm just asking you, should we try to limit the protests? No, I
11: think I would leave that to people who have more of an, a, a position to do that. I can tell you.
3: Government that- stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Last week in the Calvary Chapel case, five liberals on the Supreme Court said it was okay for Nevada <clears throat> to limit church services. Governor, I mean, Justice Gorsuch said it best. He said there's no there's no world in which the Constitution permits Nevada to favor Caesar's palace over Calvary Chapel. I'm just asking, is there a world where the Constitution says you can favor one First Amendment liberty protesting right. over another practicing your faith?
11: I'm not favoring anybody over anybody. I'm just making a statement that's a broad statement that avoid crowds of any type, no matter where you are, because that leads to the acquisition and transmission and I don't judge one crowd versus another crowd. When you're in a crowd, particularly if you're not wearing a mask, that induces but just, the it's spread. A simple,
3: it's a simple question, doctor. Should we limit the protest? Government is obviously yeah. lim- limiting people yeah. going to church. And, and look, I, I'm not there's gonna, been no there's been no violence that I I yeah. can see at church. I haven't seen people right. during a church service go out and, and harm police officers right. or burn buildings. But we know that. I mean, for 63 days, right. nine weeks, it's been happening in Portland. Right. Yeah. Well, one night in Chicago, 49 officers were injured, but no limit to pro- no limit to protests. But boy, you can't go to church on Sunday. What
11: was the, uh, uh, I don't know how many times I can answer that. I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm just going to tell you. You've opined a
3: pop- on a lot of things, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, but I've never is something that directly on- impacts the spread of the virus. Yeah. And I'm asking your, yeah. your your position on the protests.
11: Yeah, I'm well, I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm telling you what it is, the danger. And you can make your own conclusion about that. You should stay away from crowds no matter where the crowds
3: are. government has has stopped people from going to work. In fact, just in New Jersey, four days ago, Ian Smith, Frank Trombetta were arrested for opening up, for trying to operate their business, their gym. They were arrested. But my my bet is if these two individuals own this gym, were outside just in front of their gym, and all the people who were working out in their gym were outside protesting, they'd been just fine, but because they were in the gym working out, actually running their business, they got arrested. Do you think that's okay?
11: You know, I'm not gonna opinion on who gets arrested and who does not. I mean, I, I, you get where I'm going. I'm telling you, as a public health official, I say crowds. Do you see the inconsistency, though, Dr. Fauci? There's no inconsistency, Congressman. There's what?
3: No. There's no. Inco- so you're allowed to protest millions of people on one day in crowds, yelling, screaming. But you try to run your business, you get arrested. And if you stood right outside of that same business and protested, you wouldn't get arrested. You don't see any inconsistency there.
11: I don't understand what you're asking me as a public health official to opine on who should get arrested or not. That's not my position. You could ask no, it as much as you you've want. You've advocated for and I'm certain businesses.
3: You've advocated for certain businesses to be shut down. I'm, I'm just asking you on your position on the protest. I'm I mean, not, I haven't seen one. We've heard a lot about hair salons. I haven't seen one hairstylist who, between haircuts, goes out and attacks police or sets something on fire. But we've seen all kinds of that stuff during protests, and we know the protests actually increase the spread of the virus. You've said that.
11: I said crowds. I didn't say specifically, I didn't say protests do anything. So the protests don't increase the spread of the virus? I didn't say that, you're putting words in my mouth. No, I,
3: I, want, I would, I just want an answer to the question, do the protests
11: increase the spread of the virus? I, I don't have any scientific evidence on anything, I can tell you that crowds are known, particularly when you don't have a mask, to increase the acquisition and transmission. No matter so what you don't have a
3: position is. on whether the protest increase the spread of the virus or don't increase the spread of the virus?
11: I'm saying that crowds, wherever the crowds are, can give you an increased
3: probability that there's going to be acquisition and transmission. But do you understand Americans' concern? Protesting, according particularly according to the Democrats, is just fine, but you can't go to work, you can't go to school, you can't go to church... There's limits placed on all three of those fundamental activities, First Amendment activities, but protesting is
1: just fine. You know, the, gem, the, gem, uh, the gentleman's time has expired, but I'll just ask the gentleman to just think about his question and put it in reference to crowds that gather in political at political meetings, at fundraisers without masks on an all rig in Texas. Nobody wearing a mask. Nobody social distancing. But a fundraiser, right? Would that be problematic? With that, I'd yield five minutes to Mr. Foster.
0: Huh. So political rallies are no, but you know, a funeral's okay, no social distancing. He said it himself if you have a mask, you're going to be okay, according to Fauci, right? So then I guess we can vote in person, right? Because crowds spread the viruses, he said. You can't go to hairdresser. He said. You can't go to church. He said. You can't go to school. He said. You can't vote. But he's not going to say you can't set things on fire and protest. I see. They have a problem. See, it's kind of like Cuomo. Oh, they had a rave party. So we're gonna crack down and arrest all of them, but right down the street there was a huge protest where they were bumping, grinding while setting stuff on fire and stealing Chanel bread and Louis Vuitton cookies. Right, but that was okay. It's 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 people gathering that are not allowed except if you are protesting so he refused to say it and even waved his hand like shut up already no man you shut up you sat there and you opined you said kids it's not safe to go to school you said all these things so now you have to answer to the people and say what is and isn't allowed you have to you can't opine On separate things, right? You can't just say the few things. Now, we had our president go live with the National Police Organization leadership. Uh, Let's head to that right quick. It just lived a few minutes ago um, and see what our president had to say. It's pretty interesting. You know, man, see how they pull their pants down? This is what we have to do. We have to let them pull their pants down or else those that are blind will never see.
2: Whether it's unemployment or anything else and all they care about is the election and they're gonna lose the election you see what's going on with the polls right now I guess we just got one over 50 percent Rasmussen just came out you see what's going on because the people get it the Democrats are playing for November 3rd and we're playing for the good of the people it is a disgrace that they're not negotiating but they're only looking to play a political game I happen to think it's a bad political game I think it hurts them
5: I know okay. that they look at you and what you say, probably different from what they hear from the nation and Meadows, are you willing to spell out exactly what you want right now? They know what
2: I want. And what I want is I want our people to be able to live and live well, because it wasn't their fault that China brought in this pandemic, that China brought in this plague. It's China's fault. You want to know the truth? China should be paying for it. And maybe they will. Maybe they will.
10: You'll watch. You'll watch. What else? Mr.
8: President,
10: President, President. if if, if we can ask you specifically, we heard yesterday your frustrations about how long it'll take to count the ballots here. Then why are you spending more energy to get the resources and the funding for the states that they want to be able to secure this election for all Americans?
2: Peter, you know nothing about my energy. Okay, you know nothing about you know nothing about what I'm doing. What are you? you? Listen. You know nothing about what I do. So, uh, NBC, I just told you about the false report that NBC put out the other night about the mayor of uh, Portland. And uh, this is the kind of stuff you get. Uh, You'll see what happens, and it's common sense. Everyone knows mail-in ballots are a disaster. You just have to take a look at the last recent... uh, Take a look at New York City. Look at New York. They're still counting your ballots, Pat. Do you know that? They had a race, a small race, by comparison. By comparison, tiny it's so messed up they have no idea there are ballots missing thousands and thousands of ballots are missing they think they're going to send hundreds of millions of ballots all over the united states and it's going to come out you won't know the election result for weeks months maybe years after maybe you'll never know the election result and that's what i'm concerned with it'll be fixed it'll be rigged people ought to get smart and i just hope our republican voters the people that are for you uh, are going to do what they have to do. Absentee ballots are great, because absentee ballots, you have to go through a process to get them, and it's it's actually a great thing. Absentee ballots. I'm going to be voting absentee. An absentee ballot is one thing. A universal mail-in ballot is a disaster. These governors are going to send out millions of ballots. They don't even know where they're sending them. I already have friends They got ballots for a son who died seven years ago. Uh, we, they got, oh, you don't even want to talk about it. But the media knows this. Actually, the Washington Post wrote a great article of all groups. A week ago, the Washington Post wrote a great article that this is a disaster. This is going to be the greatest election disaster in history. And by the way, you guys like to talk about Russia and China and other places. They'll be able to forge ballots. They'll forge them. They'll do whatever they have to do. People should go and they should vote or do an absentee ballot. So what are you doing, the President? The President. The President. The President. Say, it. Say votes, it. The
10: military predominantly votes by mail or absentee.
2: Absentee. Are, and so... You didn't understand me. I said absentee ballots are actually a very good thing. Absentee ballots are secure and they're very good. But universal mail-in are a disaster. You're going to see an election that... And we're going to do very well in the election. Nobody wants that date more than me. I wish we'd move it up, okay? Move it up. But you're not prepared for what they're doing. And they're using COVID. You know, they're using the China virus. China must be very happy about it because they hit us with a virus, and now they screw up an election like you. You will never see. You watch what happens. I don't think you'll ever give me any statement. I guess Trump was right, but the people know I'm right. Watch what happens. New York City has a little election. We just talked. You got to see. Do you know how far they're gonna? They're never gonna have the result of that election. Never the correct result. They'll probably announce something at some point. But when did that take place? Like five, six weeks ago? Uh, absentee ballots, great. Going to the polls, great. If you do universal mail-ins with millions and millions of ballots, you're never going to know what the real the real result of an election is. It's going to be a very, very sad day for our country. Go you ahead. Sir, follow, like, sir. If the system is a disaster, as you say, why
5: not commit to Oh, we're doing,
2: we're putting in all the resources you can. Uh, but as a couple of the radical left people said, you know, who actually agree with me, they said, no matter what you do, we're not prepared for this. They're not prepared for an onslaught of millions of ballots pouring in. They're not prepared. They're not prepared. You watch. They're not going to announce anything on November 3rd. They're not going to announce it on the 4th or the 5th or the 6th. It'll go on forever. People should go. You know, they voted, Mick, during World War One. They voted during World War II. They went to the polls. They voted. They went to their booth, and they voted proudly. Uh, But now, with COVID, they don't want to vote. It's not they don't want to vote. Uh, This will be catastrophic for our nation. And you'll see it. I'm always right about things like this. I guess I must be, I wouldn't be sitting here. Yes, Jennifer, go ahead. You want something? do you want no, okay never. yeah please in the back decision
4: to delay to delay the
5: election in Hong
2: Kong I want to I want to right now focus on this election I'll have a statement about that soon I heard that that they did the delay in Hong Kong and we'll have a statement about that but I want to
5: focus on this. Time. okay thank you very much everybody. thank you
6: very much.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, move it the come on, you. Whoa, cut feed or what? That was a super cut feed, right? That was a super cut feed. He's like, cut it out. Oh, my gosh. So what is the president telling you? He's trying to make people understand that mail-in ballots are not the same as absentee ballots and that this is just... How they want to steal the election. Remember how they were stealing elections? How Laura Loomer found a box full of ballots in a rental car in Florida. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. We already know. And in 2018, we put the stops. So this is where he's, oh, no, this is horrible. This is, you know, you're not ready for it. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And they know that it's going to happen. And they're still working to make it happen. But guess what? Guess what? We already got stops in place. Remember? Right to try was not about cancer patients. Wasn't about people that have other diseases. It was about hydroxychloroquine. Yes, this is what you have to remember. There have been stops being put in place from the beginning. It's kind of like that article I wrote um, about the Russian spy. So they had this Russian national at the U.S. embassy in Russia Uh, Worked within our embassy, you know, helping with visas and stuff like that. She was a local. Now, we already knew about her. Okay? We already had her down packed in 2017. We were following her. We were looking who, what, when, what she was accessing and who she was giving information to. And we got her in 2017. In 2018, in 2018 is when she was fired, and so was the ambassador, Teft, who I told you unmasked Flynn. I told you that in 2018. I wrote it in my article. All my writings have Easter eggs in them, so that way you can see that the past proves the future. I've put it in there in many ways, through many websites, through many little articles that I've written, and what people need to understand is, we already have everything we need. Now, that doesn't mean that you sit there idly. That doesn't mean just because we trust their plan <laughs> and that we tell you, oh no, this is going to happen. And just like the president, yeah, you know, blood plasma. Yeah, yeah. He told you don't get tested if you're not sick. He also said, hey, they're using the testing to, to determine who's a donor. He told you that. It's like he can only do so much because he doesn't want to give it away. You know, there's many, many times that I have conversations with fellow journalists and other people. And they're just like, wait a minute. You already knew that, didn't you? Well, why did not you? Because I couldn't. It wasn't time yet to say it. It wasn't time to say it. As long as we have their plays, which we do. I told you where you need to look. 1917, 1918, 1919, 1920. You'll see. And the thing is, if you use their playbook, where does it fall into? Oh, that's right. Changing the economy. That's Right. The creation of social security. That's right. Creating the fiat currency. So if we're anti what they did, what does that tell you? That's right. End of race wars. That's right. End of this. That's right. End of the fiat currency. It's all about timing. So it's kind of like laying bricks one after another because the truth wall, you will run into it and it's not just a bloody nose you'll get. You can't fathom just how far and deep it goes and it's not because you're stupid it's just because you're part of it this is a movie watch it they all have scripts watch it and the thing that the president's doing is waking up the people around him that are key players like police like military like politicians like the people all you need to do is wake up and this is the roller coaster the waking up is the roller coaster this is how we see it so I wanted you guys to understand just how insane it is, this roller coaster. So Portland. The mayor wants to negotiate with the federal government. Now, let's listen to what DHS secretary had to say about this. And then so let's hold talk on, about P- and then let's see what could it be and why is it that the Portland mayor needs to negotiate? Think about it for a second. What are they attacking? What are they What are they attacking? Federal buildings. So the question is, why are they attacking federal buildings? What is so important about the federal buildings? That's the question. Think about it while you listen to this.
5: Portland, because some of the state troopers there locally are moving in because uh, the president has said, if you all aren't going to guard the courthouse there and federal buildings there, then we're going to send in our troops our federal troops to come in and and uh, guard that now he's saying the national guard will come in if these state troopers can't do the job um and then he also said that officials will clear out the beehive of terrorists listen to the president
2: these protesters and many should be arrested because these are professional agitators these are professional anarchists these are people that hate our country we're telling them right now That we're coming in very soon. The National Guard. These are not people that just have to guard the courthouse and save it. These are people that are allowed to go forward and do what they have to do. And I think that makes the governor's job and the mayor's job a lot easier. So they're working today and probably tomorrow to clean out uh, this beehive of of terrorists. Then slowly we can start to leave the city. If they don't do it, we'll be sending in the National Guard.
5: So let's bring in acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf to find out the latest in Portland. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. How did it work last night?
12: It worked fairly well. What we saw is we saw a robust contingent of Oregon State Police come into the area yesterday afternoon. Uh, Together with Portland Police uh, Bureau, they cleaned out the parks across the street from the courthouse. And what we saw overnight is almost little to no criminal activity. Uh, And that really is how it should be. It reinforces the principle, if you work with federal, state, and local law enforcement, work together, we can protect our communities, we can secure our communities, we can secure federal properties, and protect law Mm -hmm. enforcement officers. And this is what we've been asking for for over 60 days, Uh, and I'm glad Oregon uh, and Portland has finally stepped up to the challenge.
11: So the way I understand it, you would know better, there was 100 state troopers there uh, guarding, and you guys were standing by should something go wrong. All you asked Ted Wheeler to do is use his state police to guard federal buildings. When he wouldn't, you had no choice. The mayor makes you the bad guy. And now you sit there. Now finally the governor saw that you weren't backing down and did what you asked him to do all along. Does that feel good to a degree?
12: Well, Brian, it, it, it certainly reinforces what we have been saying all along, which is we're going to continue to secure that courthouse, that seat of justice in Portland. That's our job. That's our responsibility. And we're not backing away from that. And what we've been asking Portland and Oregon to do is to police city streets, police city parks, do their jobs uh, and arrest individuals that are committing uh, criminal acts. And finally, after over 60 days, they've decided to step up and do their job. Unfortunately, within those 60 days, we've had over 240 DHS law enforcement officers injured because of the criminal and violent activity every night.
10: And uh, Mr. Secretary, over those 60 days, we've you've seen a lot of violence, which is required use of force from people protecting federal property. Property. Well, the mayor there, Mayor Ted Wheeler, he's not not staring down those people and locking them up. Instead, apologizing. Listen,
3: I apologize to those non-violent demonstrators who were subjected to the use of CS gas or LRAD. It should never have happened. I take personal responsibility for it, and I'm sorry. I also want to draw a clear distinction between the Portland Police Bureau's use of CS gas and what we're seeing the federal officers use. The federal officers are using CS gas broadly, indiscriminately, and nightly. And that is why it is escalating the behavior we're seeing on the streets rather than de escalating it.
10: So are the rules of engagement for federal officers there to use uh, gas broadly on peaceful protesters?
12: Absolutely not. Uh, What the mayor quoted uh, just now is completely inaccurate. I believe he knows it to be inaccurate, Uh, but again, he is putting politics over public safety. What we know is there are nonviolent peaceful protests that occur in Portland, occur around that courthouse every day, and there are no issues. The violent criminal activity that the mayor... Uh, is again not telling you the truth about occurs between midnight and 5 a.m. every morning and it is violent violent criminals and other opportunists violent opportunists that are attacking that courthouse and that's what we are uh, concerned about there are no peaceful protesting going on at 3 30 and 4 a.m. in the morning at that courthouse that occurs earlier in the day and there are no issues so the mayor is intentionally confusing issues and again playing politics uh, over public safety,
5: it's just not. If you just think about common sense here, look. If it's peaceful protest, you don't need tear gas, right? We all agree you can peacefully Absolutely. protest, but it's when it gets violent, and we see all these videos of tons of people going toward like 10 or 15 officers that are trying to guard a monument or a courthouse, and I I am worried about their safety. And when you have individuals throwing rocks and bottles at them, the police officers in Portland found recently a sledgehammer, gas cans. And so these officers, were asking them to go out there, and then what are they supposed to do when these crowds start coming for them? Tear gas is not going to kill you. It's going it's to keep the violent people away from hurting our police officers. What do you make of this, of the increase of violence?
12: Well, it's very disappointing. And, and what we've been doing in Portland, and again, is securing a federal property there. And we take a very defensive posture in doing that, but we do have to come out and engage the violent individuals to push them back uh, away from the fence line that we've established there and again what we have been saying all along is that these individuals shouldn't be able to congregate in city parks mm. and on city streets to do this violent activity we've been asking for 60 days for portland police or oregon police to do their job and for whatever reason it took 60 days it took my law enforcement officers 245 injuries over 90 arrests for them to step up and to to, to do their job i'm glad they're here I'm glad they're partnering with us uh, that we can hopefully bring this to a a very peaceful conclusion very quickly.
0: So let's stop it right there. So I'm going to tell you that I'm going to have a very special show uh, that I'm going to possibly have this weekend for you with uh, a reporter that was attacked, right, uh, by MSDNC, by the fake, uh, you know, open secrets, right, who are supposedly advocating for you know human trafficking, okay, uh, advocating to stop it. But for some reason, they attacked this reporter who was creating this article about Portland and their tunnels. So we're going to have you understand exactly what's going on in Portland and how Rose City, Rose City, whose motto is "Keep it Weird," we talk about donuts. We're going to talk about underground. It's going to be a pretty lit show. Pretty lit. So um, that will be going on this weekend. I will be premiering it so that way people on YouTube can watch it and Twitch and Periscope and everything. So I will be recording it and it will be the most amazing. And let me tell you something. This reporter happens to be, she's one of the best journalists. I don't know if you read her lockstep article on Tori Says, but you should. She's actually my friend. I adore her. You know, it's so incredible how easy it is to talk to people or listen to people that have one thing in common. And that's truth. It's very easy. Uh, Liz Crokin, I love her too. She's incredible. She's incredible. But it's not Liz that's coming. I should have Liz on. I should ask. You know, I was going to have Liz. I think like uh but she was taping the Out of the Shadows at the time, so our times didn't work and but you know what? Yeah, I should I should I'm going to text Liz and say, "Hey, let's talk." But um I will um I I will have a show on Saturday and Sunday for sure because there's stuff that's going to be happening this weekend. That's just a hint, hint, wink, wink, like Fauci's winking, uh, for social media. So on that note, my show is coming to an end. For those of you on air, much love. God bless from all of us here Red State Talk Radio. I'll see you all tomorrow.